Well, good morning. good morning. It is wonderful to have you all here, and as you can see, I'm the jack of all trades, master of none, trying to get everything set up for this morning. Please join me in your red hymnal, and we begin by singing the doxology, which is found in the red hymnal number 549. The doxology, and it's in the red hymnal number 549. Pray. is hymn number 710. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have refuge. Be silent before God, my soul. He bears my salvation. Yes, he is my rock and help, my fortress. I will not be shaken. Whoever sits in the shadow of the highest, who sleeps in the shade of the Almighty, the eternal God is your dwelling place. And underneath are the everlasting arms. Confess that the Lord is good, that his kindness endures. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 278, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Number 278, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. Thank you. 
please join me in prayer this morning. Our gracious God, we are so thankful for this opportunity that we can come and worship you. And Lord, we come before you with the needs and requests that we have in our lives. And God, you remind us that there is no need in our life that is too small, and there is no need too big that we can't come to you and pray. And Lord, we are doing that right now. Lord, we also lift up our family members and our friends. We lift up the patients throughout this medical center, the staff that are working today, and the families that will be visiting. Lord, we lift them up to you in prayer. We'd ask, God, that you would hear of their needs and their intentions in their lives, that you would help them deal with the challenges that they are facing, and, God, that they would be able to have the wisdom and the understanding and the discernment that they need to have to handle those situations. And, Lord, we just are so thankful that we have the opportunity to come and worship you in this chapel. We do not take it for granted And we thank you for the servicemen and women who have served this country in peace and in war that have guaranteed this freedom for us by their sacrifice. And Lord, we also lift up their family members as well because they too have sacrificed in the service of this country to guarantee the freedom that we enjoy. God, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 110, Take Time to Be Holy. Number 110, Take Time to Be Holy. i 
scripture reading this morning is found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 14, beginning with verse 13. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men, besides women and children. Amen. Let us pray. God, we are so thankful for this time of worship. And Lord, it is just wonderful that we can just commune with you through the prayers that we have offered, the scriptures that we have read, the hymns that we have sung. And Lord, I would just ask that we would just keep that united spirit in of one accord. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. Now, for those of you who is the, this is your first time in the chapel, you will notice something really interesting, and that it is very quiet. Hear the quiet? All of us that have come to the chapel here on a regular basis, we're used to hearing the fans and the blower system going through the ventilation system as we're having chapel here. And what's interesting is I hear the noise of the quiet. You may not notice it, but I notice it up here. It is really quiet. Is it, is, am I the only one who notices the quiet? Yeah, you, you, you've come to chapel many times. You've noticed the quiet here. So it's interesting because as I'm, as I'm up here, as I'm praying, as I'm singing, I'm like, it's quiet. It's quiet up here. And that has absolutely nothing to do with anything. Other than I was just sharing with you as we come to the chapel and those of us that are used to coming here, we sense the difference in our place of worship in the house of worship. And it's very quiet this morning. And perhaps there is a purpose in that. Perhaps maybe the Lord is just pointing out to you that maybe you just need to be still in your soul and listen to the quietness of God in your life. I know that that's a thought that has struck me being in here worshiping this morning and listening to the quiet. Maybe it's an opportunity for me to step back in my life and to take into account the different things that I'm doing and the noise that we get involved in, the routine that faces our lives, the challenges that we have, the appointments that we try to make, the schedules that we are on, and it's just an opportunity for us to step back and listen to the quietness of God. But it's good to be back Lynn and I had the wonderful opportunity to spend some days in Hawaii. Has everybody, anybody ever been to Hawaii, stationed there? There's a few. There's a Navy guy here I know. He's been to Hawaii. 
And we had a wonderful vacation. In fact, when we go, we vacationed the last couple times with my former commanding officer, and he was a colonel in the Marine Corps. He's retired now, and for some reason he decided a couple of years ago that I was his chaplain once again and that he wanted to vacation with me. And so we always appreciate that opportunity that we have to do that. We have a good time of fellowship. So I was thinking about this morning, what could I give you in terms of my first time back sermon? And one of the things that I became aware of as we were vacationing in Hawaii is the different things in our lives that we just needed to be aware of because we were in a new set of circumstances, we were in a new place, uh, things were all new to us, new surroundings. And one of the things that I found myself is have that situational awareness. And those of us that have served in the military, we understand what that means. Have that situational awareness of those things that are going around you. And one of the things that I looked into is to remind myself to have those checks and balances. Even when we were in new surroundings, even when we were in new circumstances, we still had responsibilities that we had to take care of, even though we were on vacation. I received several calls and text messages about the variety of things that I'm committed to in terms of my work. Lynn also received several phone calls, text messages, emails because of the work that she's involved in. And we tried to blend all that together and have the checks and balances that we needed to have because we were in Hawaii, we were with our friends, we wanted to enjoy the opportunity that we had there, but we also needed to exercise the responsibilities that we have in our everyday lives that God has made us commit, committed to. And I think in the same way as we go forth in our daily lives in this week and this month, that we need to have the checks and balances about what is important to us in our lives. And we see by the circumstances of Jesus here that he had actually took it above because he is actually tired prior to this. He was actually tired. He needed some respite. He needed to go away he needed to travel away from the, from the crowd because he just needed to have a break from the people. But yet as he went to the other place by boat, all of a sudden the other towns that he was in found out where he was at and he, they came out to him because they wanted to meet him, they wanted to have the discussions with him, they wanted to hear him speak, they wanted him to be able to heal the sick. And instead of saying, no, 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 I am not going to do this. I'm here taking a break. I'm on vacation. I took, I've been preaching for the last couple of days. I'm taking a break. Please go back home. I'm not going to have anything to do with you. I need to have a timeout. But Jesus didn't do that. He was moved with compassion. Even though perhaps he was dealing with personal pain and personal sorrow and he was just emotionally exhausted and spiritually exhausted, he understood that the greater things that he had in his life was having that personal vision that he needed to be compassionate, that he needed to understand the commitment that he had made not only to God but also to the people that he was ministering to, to his disciples. And so he did that. And in the same way within our own lives as we measure the checks and balances in our lives, we have a responsibility to each other to be compassionate. That regardless of how tired we might be and how fatigued we might be and how hungry we might be, we have a responsibility to be compassionate to one another. And sometimes that's very difficult because I know that there are certain times of the day when I'm a little bit more snappy, if you will, when my retorts are probably shorter than they should be, 
and I say things, not necessarily out of anger, but always as a, a quick retort about something that I'm being asked, where I'm annoyed by what's being asked of me, and I respond in a certain way. Does anybody else do those kind of things? Yeah, okay. You know? And then you feel bad about that you just did that, because you know you didn't mean it that way, you didn't say it that way, you were just tired, you were just fatigued. Maybe you needed another cup of coffee, and you didn't have two, you only had one. I mean, all those different things that we're aware of. But yet, the Lord reminds us that regardless of where we're at, that we have a responsibility to be compassionate to one another. And that is a standard for us that we need to meet, that we need to uphold, because it reflects really who we are deep down inside, who I am as a Christian, who I am as a follower of Jesus Christ, who I am as a believer, who I am as a disciple. It really comes down to how compassionate I am with other people. And as we have talked about at other times here in the chapel, it really comes down to how we love each other. And that requires us to have checks and balances in our lives. And perhaps there are opportunities when you need to be all forward in terms of what you're doing, in terms of how you're happy helping other people, how you're being ministered to and also to ministering to others. And there are times that as that compassion kind of dries up and as you have that compassion fatigue that I think a lot of us can identify with, there still might be opportunities for us to be compassionate. And so we just need to be aware of that. Jesus tells us, and also in the scriptures again and again, that our life is not about ourselves. That our life is not to be an example about ourselves. And so consequently, we need to have those checks and balances. You know, we joke about things in my family, about certain members of the family and who they are and what they do. And we joke about the fact that we have certain family members that we call them the divas of the family. Anybody else have divas in your family? You know? Or they seem to be very special and uh, the world and the planet seems to revolve around themselves. But, you know, even the divas need to understand and need to have compassion from those that are around us. And I think it's something that a lot of times we miss the opportunity to show and to demonstrate responsibly the compassion that God wants us to have. I know at times in my life I've had ministry done to me that was called tough love. And it was those things where people told me no because they know no was the best answer for me. There are times when God has practiced tough love, and I'm thankful that God did that when he told me, no, absolutely not. When I tried every way that I could, I tried a window, I tried digging something underneath the fence, I tried to get something done, I wanted to have something my way, and each way was barred, each way was doored, each way prevented me to go further than I wanted to go because God was telling me no. And so God practices tough love on me on a regular basis. Because I am so stubborn. I am so pig-headed at times. And at times my pride really gets in the way. But God tells me, hey, you know, you need to have those checks and balances. You need to have that responsibility to be compassionate with one another. One of the trips that we took on one of the islands is this road that 
is very difficult to travel on and all the tourists go on it and it's a road where it goes down to one lane many times and it's very clear that this is not a safe road to travel. And of course the locals there don't like it a lot because the tourists come and of course the tourists are driving like what? They're driving like tourists. And of course the locals want to get to point A to point B as quickly as they possibly can and they don't care about the surroundings, they don't care about the waterfalls, they don't care about looking at the ocean, they don't care about looking at the, at the flora or the fauna. And so we had made it through this trip uh, and we were coming back. In fact, I actually got the t-shirt that says, it's actually the road to Hana, if you want to look it up. And it tells you how many curves you have to go through, how many miles you have to travel. And uh, as we were coming back, I was doing everything I should be doing. I was driving carefully. I was managing my speed. And a local came up behind me. And he started flashing his lights, beeping his horn, and he started to use certain verbiage that I find very offensive. And so as, he, as I signaled for him to pass, as he drove by, he continued on with certain verbiage as he continued on down the road. And my wife could tell that I was immediately getting upset, and all of a sudden my car started to speed up a little bit, and then she reached over and she, glad, she just grabbed my arm. Anyone else have people that do stuff like that? You, you know that you're kind of getting, yeah, and then... And so Lynn just grabbed, grabbed reached, reached over and she just grabbed me. She didn't say anything, but she could tell it was, the battle was going to be start, started here pretty soon. But you know, those are the checks and balances that we need to have. And many times the Holy Spirit is that arm, is that hand that reaches out to us when we want to kind of ratchet up the situation when we want our anger at times to kind of take control, we want to say those things because in a prideful way, hey, I've got to stand up to this situation. I have to defend myself. There's an injustice here. I need to do something about it. This is just not fair. And the Holy Spirit reminds us through those checks and balances that His hand is there for us because God is always walking by our side in all of the circumstances that we are facing and all the challenges that we have. And He reaches out to us in those circumstances. We just need to be able to feel that hand of His Spirit. To feel the direction that it provides to us to see the checks and balances that we need to have, the resources that God has available to each and every one of us. Because the responsibility that we have in terms of exhibiting compassion to each other is all of our problem. It's not just my problem, it's not just your problem, it's not just God's problem. It's all of our problem. And Jesus exemplifies this in this story. Because the people that had come out to hear him, to be healed by him, they were hungry. It was dinner time. And the disciples came to Jesus, as I think all of us would, and say, Hey, these people need to go eat. We don't have anything. Lord, it's not our problem that they didn't bring any food. It's, it's, it's not our problem that you're out here in the middle of nowhere in the wilderness and they have to go back to the different towns and to the villages to get something to eat. The disciples said, it's not our problem. Send them away. 
Because we have nothing for them to eat. And God, it's really not our problem. I wouldn't be surprised if they had a committee discussion about it. The disciples got together and said, hey, what are we going to do here? These people need to leave. We don't have any food. It's really not our problem. It's their poor planning, right? I use that excuse sometimes for other people in my life. Hey, man, look, just because you did not plan this, just because it's your poor planning, does not make it a crisis. Yeah, you've heard that expression. It's not my crisis. It's your crisis. But Jesus said, no, this is not the case. Our responsibility here is for us to need to be compassionate. And so therefore, we need to feed them. We need to provide the resources for them. It is our problem. It is something that we need to take care of. And Jesus did not question anyone's judgment. He just said, hey, what do you have here? What do you have here to eat? Let's take a look at the resources that we have, whatever it might be. And then all of a sudden we see in this story how Jesus was empowered to bless the resources that he had been given. And it began to be multiplied. It began to exceed the value of what was actually there. And within our own lives, the checks and balances that we have, do we have the vision in the same way that Christ had the vision? And I would make the argument in the same way that Christ had the power. And I know we put our limitations on that. I know that I limit sometimes God and what God can do in my life. But we have access to that. Do we understand the vision that God wants us to have on a daily basis? Do we understand the vision that God wants us to have to be compassionate with each other, to share that responsibility with each other? And it is not easy. I would like to say to you that as I leave here today and as I am driving on the highways or on the street, that something will happen and I will be so compassionate to that person that I will say, God bless you. I would like for it to be that. But I know myself, and I cannot guarantee that those words of blessing will come out of my mouth. But they should. Because it is my responsibility to show compassion to whoever comes my way. In the same way that Jesus showed his compassion to whomever came his way. And that is the vision that God wants us to have. It is the vision that God wants us to embrace. It is the principles that God wants us to live by. And we see as we do that, that there is such a blessing that we can give to other people. And many times that blessing bounces back to us. The compassion that we show to each other, first and foremost, not to ourselves, but to others, bounces back in such a loving and caring way. And we have talked about here in the chapel in the past that one of the first things that we need to do is to love ourselves first as God's creation, to 
to identify with ourselves who we are with God because you truly need to know yourself. And my checks and balances, I need to know those situations that make me feel uncomfortable. And I have many of them. There are times that I do have panic attacks in certain situations, in certain types of rooms, in certain types of circumstances. And many of you can identify with something similar. And so consequently, in those checks and balances, spiritually, I need to understand what my situational awareness is and to be able to identify those things that I need to work through and to work around. In fact, I was talking with somebody a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about the various circumstances that I was struggling with, and he offered to he offered to some, some suggestions. There we go. Is to prepare yourself if you think you're going to be going into those situations. And so I asked him a very relevant question: What happens if that situation just springs upon you, and you're not prepared? He said, "Well." And then he went through the series of things that he recommended that he suggested that I do. But I think it comes down to the readiness that God wants us to have for all circumstances. And I know that if I begin my day understanding in my heart and in my life that I want to be responsible in terms of showing compassion to other people, not just to my family members, and they should be a priority even though more times than not, the ones closest to it are the ones that, right, get the quick snip, get the retort, get that kind of descending, dissension comment that we say sometimes when we're annoyed. But it is that responsibility and compassion that God wants us to have. To understand that we are to have courage and not to be afraid to go out into the world, but just to be aware, just to be aware of your own checks and balances, to be aware of where your boundaries are, to be aware of what your limits are, but then to have the vision to allow God to take you beyond those boundaries, to have the vision to go forth with God in faith, to take the resources that God has given you, to take the relationships that God has given you and to allow them to multiply. Allow the compassion and love that God wants you to have to increase. And once again, it is reflective on the commitment that we have with God. And I need to ask myself on a daily basis, how committed am I to God? Am I just committed to God because, well, I have nobody else to ask, so I might as well ask God, hey, who knows? Maybe something will work out there. But I think it's a commitment that God wants us to have that represents an ongoing relationship. And there's a challenge to that. There's a challenge to that. Because a lot of times when we face those challenges, it means that we are allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. And that's something that's difficult for me to do. And if I asked you one-on-one, it probably would be something difficult for you to do. But we really cannot find out who we truly are unless we allow ourselves to be vulnerable to each other. 
there's a risk in that. There's the potential for hurt in that. But you know what? We can't find out who we truly are unless we allow ourselves to be vulnerable with each other. And I would say to you that it's worth the risk to allow ourselves to be vulnerable. It is worth the exposure to perhaps pain. It's worth the exposure of perhaps to ridicule, being made fun of. Because I think in those circumstances I know that I have found that I have been made stronger. I don't want to go through those circumstances again. I don't want to feel that emotional pain and hurt that I exposed myself to. But I learned from those circumstances. It made me stronger. But it is reflective of the commitment that we have made to God through His Son, Jesus Christ. When we go before God, when we come and worship, when we sing our hymns together, when we read Scripture together, when we pray together, you are allowing yourself to be vulnerable to God. There's a risk that, you come, that when you come to chapel that you're taking. you realize that? Because we worship here. We have things based on what we believe the direction is of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And there's a risk in that. Because God might speak to you in a very interesting way through one of the hymns that we sing, through one of the prayers that might be offered, through the things that I give a sermon about, through the relationship that we have. And there might be a key word, a key phrase, a key sentence that is being said that speaks to you, that pricks at you, that allows you to be vulnerable just for that specific moment in time to reveal to you the truth that God is still working in your life. And he holds, all, he holds on to that truth. And that's how we see the checks and balances that God wants us to have. And we see within those checks and balances that we have the choices that God gives us. The choices of God's grace. That perfect law of liberty is at times so hard for us to understand. The freedom that God gives us to exercise the choices that he presents to us on a regular basis. Because you see, we have to have that grace. We have to have that freedom and liberty and choices in our lives because it reveals to us the compassion that God has for each and every one of us through his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please take a few moments and prepare your hearts for communion that we share together. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have reminded us the checks and responsibilities that we have for our own personal lives and for each other. And Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you that within our own lives you have reminded us that you love us regardless of what we have done, regardless of the things that we are facing, the challenges that we have, that you still give us that grace, you still give us that freedom, you still give us that liberty. 
because it is the compassion of the cross that we reach out to, the compassion of the forgiveness of our sins, that the things in our lives that we have done have been forgotten in your eyes. And Lord, as we partake of communion together, let us celebrate in that, that as we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank you, God. In Christ's name, amen. Receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn is number 137. My Jesus, I love thee. Number 137.
pray. Our gracious God, it is so good that we can just sense your love and the compassion that you have for each and every one of us. Help us, God, to be responsible, to continue that love with each other, to use the checks and balances that you've given us to the people in our lives and through the presence of your Holy Spirit, to deal with those situations in which we can be compassionate at all times. That is our goal, God. And Lord, I would just ask that you would help us all to achieve that. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming.